Welcome to the Sunday podcast from Bethel Church, Blackheath. If it's the first time you've tuned into one of our podcasts, I hope you find it beneficial to listen to. Today, I'd like to focus your thoughts for a few minutes on some verses from Psalm 61. Firstly, we have David's prayer. This is a psalm by King David in a time when he was finding things very difficult to cope with. In verses 1 and 2 of the psalm, we find him crying out to God for rescue when he was overwhelmed. He says, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. This was wise praying from David. He understood that God hears all prayer in one sense. In the sense of answering and responding favourably, God does not hear or attend to all prayer. Opening this prayer this way, David did not presume a response from God, but actively asked for a response. Charles Spurgeon once said, Pharisees may rest in their prayers, ritualists may be satisfied when they have said or sung their litanies, true believers are eager for an answer to them, but living children of God will never rest till their supplications have entered the ears of the Lord God. From what we know, David did not travel far outside the promised land, yet figuratively there was a real and powerful sense in which this prayer was offered from the end of the earth. He understood that wherever he was, he would still be in God's territory. David reminds us of this in Psalm 139 when he says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Note, David did not say, From the end of the earth I will give up hope, or from the end of the earth I will deny that you love me. At the limits of his wisdom, endurance and ability, David said, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David knew there would be times when his heart was overwhelmed. Have you felt overwhelmed lately? Have you been in the place where everything was just too much? Too much work, too much excitement, too much grief, or a combination of all of these? The same word is translated as faints in Jonah chapter 2. He says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. If you felt overwhelmed, you're in good company. In those moments, David realised he needed at least three things. Number one, he needed a rock, a place of stability and security, something strong enough to stand against the crashing waves or quaking earth. We often see photos of lighthouses being buffeted by storms with huge waves crashing against them. However, The lighthouse keeper is secure in the knowledge that the lighthouse is built on the firm foundation of the rock. The thought of God being a rock is prominent in the Psalms of David because he had used the rocks of the Judean desert as places of refuge and protection from various enemies who meant him harm. Number two, he needed a rock that was higher than I, a place above himself, above his earthly wisdom and above his natural abilities. David was a wise man in many ways and had many natural abilities, but he still needed to look upwards. 
Assuming David wrote this as king, humanly speaking, he had reached the top of the ladder, the top of the social structure. There was no one else in the country higher than he. And he realised that he wasn't, this wasn't enough and needed something or someone higher than himself to turn to. Thus his prayer was for elevation above himself to God. Number three, he needed God to lead him to that rock. David realised he was unable to get to the place where he could firmly plant his feet on his own. In his imagination, David may have seen towering cliffs above him, which if he could get there, he would be able to escape from those who were pursuing him. But he is a distance away from it, and it seems inaccessible. You can imagine how he could become overwhelmed. How am I going to get there? Which is the best way to go? Therefore, David turns to God and asks him to lead him to the rock and set his feet upon it. We're not told why David was overwhelmed, and it's probably better that we don't know. If we knew his particular circumstances, we would be tempted to limit God's rescue only to those in similar situations or places. God wants this prayer to be prayed by his people, no matter the reason their heart is being overwhelmed. Ultimately, Jesus Christ is the rock that is higher than I. Higher than I because of his divine origin. Higher because of his perfect obedience. Higher because of his supreme suffering at the cross. Higher because of his resurrection and ascension to the right hand of power in the heavenly place. It is this same Jesus who in Matthew 11 says to us, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In verses 3 and 4 we find David's present trust is based upon God's past faithfulness. He says, For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Selah. David remembered that God had answered such prayers in the past. In the past, God himself had been a shelter and strong tower. And because of these remembrances, David was able to say, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. The word tabernacle is simply the word for tent. And probably David had a couple of ideas in mind when referring to this. The tent of God as a refuge for the weary traveller, a place where protection and hospitality was given to an honoured guest, and also the tent of God as the tabernacle, the meeting place for the children of Israel for their worship and sacrifice while they were in the desert. The imagery of the dwelling in a tent goes back to that desert experience where the Lord resided amongst the tribe of Israel at that time. Now David did not say, I will live in my palace, but rather that he would be in God's tabernacle. He also references the shelter of God's wings. Again, David probably had a couple of ideas here. Wings as the near, near and protected place that a mother bird gives to her chicks, protection under her shelter of her wings, and also the wings that marked and surrounded the interior of God's tabernacle of meeting and the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, which included the design of cherubim and their wings. With image after image, that is a shelter, a strong tower, the tabernacle, the shelter of wings, 
David built up the idea of the rock that is higher than I. No one image could fully express the greatness of God's help to David. Selah. Let's reflect on that for a few moments. In verses 5 to 7, we see the answer to David's prayer and see how God's care came about for King David. It says, For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. I will prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. David probably referred to past vows of great allegiance to God, which he continued to honour. God in the same way heard these vows and responded to them, giving David rule over his people. He confidently expected God's blessing upon his reign. It was not because he thought so highly of himself, it was because he thought so highly of God, who kept his promises and continues to keep his promises. He shall abide before God forever. David could only say this about himself in a very limited way. He could say it without any limitation upon the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah who was promised to come from David's lineage. David himself needed this mercy and truth before he also knew that the promised Messiah, but he also knew rather that the promised Messiah would bring mercy and truth with him. Finally, in verse 8, David reminds us that we should be praising God forever. He says, So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. David began the psalm desperately crying out to God with a heart that was fainting and overwhelmed. The song ends with praise, honouring the character of God as expressed in his name and doing so forever. David knew he had an unending obligation to thank and honour God. On Friday this week, we celebrated the 75th anniversary of VE Day, remembering those who gave their lives in service of our country during World War II. We have an obligation to them to do this. How much greater should our obligation be to God for all that he has done and continues to do and will do for us in the future. Amen.